Welcome to Two Gins In, the podcast for renovators who want to stay in control and not want to screw up on their investment. We're all about keeping your dream alive through careful planning and taking the right action towards the success of your renovation or new build project. We're both qualified interior and building designers that take our craft seriously, but more importantly, not ourselves. Hi, I'm Helen. And I'm Karen, and we're excited to have you join us this Friday afternoon for our Renovators Delight, where we take you behind the scenes of the design and construction world. We'll be chatting with industry experts, sharing your, our own knowledge and experience. We'll set you up with valuable tools and handy tips to relieve your anxiety, reduce the overwhelm, and ultimately help you to make informed decisions throughout the renovation journey. So why two gins in, Karen? Well, Helen, why not? After all, it is Friday afternoon. And what better way to end the work week than with a couple of gins or cocktails to celebrate the week ahead and head into another weekend. If you can't quite put your finger on what it is that's missing from your home or workspace, then this episode may just shine a light on one aspect that you hadn't yet thought of. Join us as we delve into the world of biophilic design. We explore its many benefits, practical implementation strategies, and inspiring examples of how it can transform living and working environments. Whether you're a design enthusiast, homeowner, or simply just curious about the intersection of nature and design, this episode is sure to captivate your imagination and spark new ideas for incorporating the beauty of nature into your own spaces. So let's discover how we can bring nature indoors for a more harmonious and rejuvenating living experience. Welcome back to another episode. Today we're diving deep into the fascinating world of biophilic design. As designers, we're always looking for innovative ways to create harmonious living spaces and biophilic design offers a fresh perspective by bringing nature indoors. Today joining us is Karen Smith. Thanks for joining us, Karen. We're really looking forward to this podcast. It's a pleasure Um, to be here. Great. This is going to be exciting. We've known Karen for a very long time. Sorry, I'm digressing because I will do this all the time. We've known Karen for a very, very long time. She's a dear friend and we're so excited to be able to have her on the podcast sharing something that's so um, close to her heart. But anyway, Mm -hmm. thanks, Karen, for joining us. Now, a little bit about you, Karen. Mm -hmm. You are a multi-award winning horticulturalist. That's a big word for me. Uh, who has worked in many sectors of the broader horticultural industry. And you have your own business as a freelance horticultural advisor, and you're also the editor of a national industry magazine, Hort Journal Australia. You're also a member of the Australian Horticultural Media Association of Australia, the Australian Institute of Horticulture, Therapeutic Landscape Australia, the International Plant Propagators Society, and you were previously president of the Interior Planscape Association. That is a hell of a lot there, Karen. (laughs) I've had to to write it all down because there's no way I remember all those things. And there's so many words in there like horticulture and those sort of words where I feel like I'm going to actually stuff it up and get tongue-tied. But you obviously love working in the field of horticulture and no doubt you're pleased to see 
this growing awareness of biophilic design and green infrastructure. So let's get stuck into it. Now, we've got a few questions that we want to ask you, which will prompt our conversation, Karen, but please feel free to add anything more that you feel is important. And I do believe you've got a little bit of a hot off the press um, <laughs> information for us to share with us, but I'll let you bring that up when, when the time arises. So okay. before we okay. begin, because this is another big word, biophilic design, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that don't know what that is, but quite possibly are implementing it in their homes anyway, just not aware of its actual title. So, Karen, what is biophilic design? Well, really, it's all about connection. So it's connecting uh, nature or the natural world to your everyday life. There was a biologist by the name of Edward, Edward Wilson who wrote a book titled The Biophilia Hypothesis, which describes humans uh, as having an innate tendency to seek connections with other life forms and nature. Mm -hmm. And as you said, uh, people may not have heard that term biophilia or biophilic design, but that innate uh, tendency means that they're probably doing it. For example, mm -hmm. I know myself, I've always wanted to include nature into my home, my office. You know, I like to include nature in my everyday life. So, and there's lots of people who are like that. Yeah, absolutely. My kids are like that, actually. They're especially my eldest daughter, she has so many plants like everywhere We've, and she's constantly trying to propagate them throughout the house, which is great, but, you know, that's not the most attractive part. She doesn't do it outside and then bring the beautiful plants inside. But, yeah, it's it's definitely, I know with my children, um, it's definitely a big thing to have lots of plants within their homes. So, yeah. Oh, well, she's she's a girl after my own heart. And, you yeah. know, there is, there is something special about those little cuttings that we have in a glass of water with the roots, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. shooting out because, you know, there's a real nurturing effect with that. So ah. it, it, it satisfies our tendency to want mm -hmm. to nurture and you know, grow new life and, and that type of thing. So I never thought of it that way, but that's a really lovely, um, yeah, concept actually. And, yeah, it makes sense because you do, you get really excited when there's a sprout or it's growing into something and, and then there's that disappointment if something doesn't quite go wrong and you're sort of, you know, chastising yourself, what have I done wrong? What can yeah. I do? <laughs> but, yeah, no, it has that sort of, yeah, very engaging, very, um, like you said, nurturing. Awesome. It is. I must admit, when I studied horticulture, the propagation side was great. And, you know, each day I'd get there and I'd go out into the greenhouse, check out all my mm -hmm. little babies in there. And it was <laughs> it was lovely. And you do get quite chuffed with yourself when you uh, manage to strike something, especially if it's something that's difficult to do. Mm. So, and in, you know, like in today's society, we live in a heavily built up environment. We so we we really need that connection to nature mm. so um you know when you look at the benefits of biophilic design it, you know there's so many fabulous ways that you can look at it and include into your everyday everyday life because you know there's there is things like sick building syndrome where people are constantly in an office that's got you know poor air conditioning in fact they say that 
indoor air is usually more polluted than outdoor air. Wow. So, so when we look at that, um, it's a, a very good reason to include biophilia into your design. And, of course, mm -hmm. the green infrastructure thing is really growing pretty rapidly, although you might not think so when you look at some, you know, new estates going in where the houses, you know, are really on top of each other and they mm -hmm. don't allow a lot of space for um, trees, which means they have to use air conditioning and, and that type of thing. So it's quite we, depressing though, isn't it, Karen, when you drive past these estates and you can literally, if you stuck your arm out through the window, you could, and, and someone on the other side stretched their arm, you would literally be able to hold hands. Exactly. It's scary. They're just on top of one another. I, I actually have seen. Trees. No, I have actually seen some houses that were so close together, I couldn't fit between them. Wow. Like, I, 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 there's a house not far from where I live. I think a child could fit between the two houses. But if that child got stuck in there, I don't know how you would get the child out. That's that. And, unless you had a lasso or something, you know, like. Oh, gosh. So. Isn't so you have to be airlifted out of <laughs> yeah oh and, and so we don't need we don't need to be living like that in a country no. like australia oh gosh we've got so much space yes, <laughs> exactly it's crazy to, to think that's well i guess too you know we i guess that's obviously in the, within the cities and the suburbs surrounding cities and whatnot but um you know with i, I guess too since covid um, where you know if more people are working from home I mean they are trying to get people back into buildings and things but because it's sort of you know companies are finding that that it's harder sort of to keep track on their uh, staff but you know we have that option now to spread out a little bit more and maybe yes. combine a little bit of working from home with visits to the office but I guess now if they want to encourage people to come back full-time into the office they're going to really have to consider the environment and well, really, that's, that's right. What you know, better way well, than include biophilic design in there? Well, let me give you um, the hot off the press, a little bit oh. of information with the hot <laughs> off the press, the yes. latest research um, that was conducted by the University of Technology in Sydney, UTS, and mm -hmm. sponsored by Ambius, which is one of the biggest interior plantscape companies in Australia. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. So it's a world-first research that proves that plants remove cancer-causing toxins from the air. It says here, a world-first study conducted by UTS has uncovered a never-before-proven set of capabilities of plants, their ability and efficacy of removing toxic petrol fumes from indoor air. Wow. Now, for example, if you have a car, a garage that's attached to your house, and then yeah. you might have an internal door that you go into your um, car, into your and garage. Most, most houses pretty yeah, much. Yeah, so people that. go in, they start the car up, you know, then yeah. they might put the press the button, the door goes up. Mm. Um, they found that by uh, including plants, 90%, 97% of the most toxic compounds removed from the surrounding air in just eight hours. So the, the pollutant they're talking oh, wow. about is benzene, which comes okay. from petrol. Mm -hmm. So Gosh, like, that's scary. I know, I know. Mm -hmm. And you don't really need to have a lot of plants to do it. It's oh, actually, really? no, it, it's actually a symbiosis between the soil in the pot 
and the plant. It's not just the plant alone that does it, but if you just put a pot of soil in there, it doesn't do it. You have to have both. Two working together. Yeah, mm -hmm. for it to absorb um, those volatile organic compounds and pollutants. Wow. So we know from previous studies that um, furnishings within the house um, emit volatile organic compounds or VOCs, and we know that plants actually will filter the air to ensure that you're, you have a cleaner space. But biophilia is a little bit more than that. It's not just about the plants. It's bringing nature in. So mm -hmm. when we look at um, things in nature, it could be um, making sure if you're doing a design, and, and I think sometimes when we talked about these new estates, it's the same plans that are just used over and over again pretty mm -hmm. much that don't take into account the aspect and where you're going to get the light. Yeah. But I would say to people, start with um, your aspect and windows. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't have a large space outside that window, we can have green walls. We can include vertical gardens so that mm -hmm. you actually have something to look at. So it's not just about the anti-pollutants. It's about that visual, um, I guess, experience yeah. and and the effect that it has on your so there's something calming isn't there yeah there's something very calming when you're in an environment that has a, like a beautiful green aspect to it. it it's even yeah even if there's a glass between you and the greenery it it's it's calming you feel like yes. you're in nature um yeah yeah it's that whole visual experience and when you think about it like a children for example they may live in an apartment. Unless somebody's physically taking them down to the park and saying, take your shoes and socks off, have a run around, they go yeah. off to preschool. Most preschools have artificial grass. They do, yes. Um, I won't go down that path about the <laughs> artificial grass, except except for the fact that it can get very hot, like up to 90 degrees on a really oh. hot day, which then prevents children from going out. So yeah. until they actually get to school, where most schools, um, primary or high schools, do have a bit of space around them, they may never have walked on grass. And what a you know what oh, an experience! That's, that's a terrible thought, isn't it? To think that there are some kids out there that just don't have that opportunity, and they yeah. probably are unaware of what they're missing out on. That's but, that's yeah. really sad. Yeah. Yes, and then there's sand. You know, you go to the beach, the kids. You know, I, I know from my own experience of children and grandchildren that I can take them to the beach and they will spend hours digging in the sand, burying themselves mm. in the sand and running it's along fun. them. <laughs> yeah, and you feel good, you know. You do. You get up, you go and do your exercise down at the beach. It feels yep. good. You walk around the rocks. You see all that beautiful colour in the um, rocks that have, you know, sort of have a an erosion or an eroded oh, look yeah. to them so they're that round nice layering and, yeah, bits and all of the moss cavities and yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know for sure. And breeze, you know, it's good if you can open up your, your doors in the house so that you include a breeze because we mm. know on, on a hot day if you can open up all your windows and let the breeze in. So that's mm. all also part of nature. It's very important, it isn't it? And I'm glad you brought that point up, Karen, with that whole aspect and the light and 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 feeling that breeze, that cross ventilation, it also it, it's not only good for you psychologically and and calming and and you're bringing that nature in, 
but it's also you're also reducing the amount of of energy you're expending artificial energy because you're not having to turn you know air conditioning on in the middle of summer um if you can get that cross if your house is designed to maximize you know our natural air conditioning with the breeze or the natural light with the the sun and and getting making the most of that heat that you're gaining from the sun during winter and the shading in summertime to prevent the house from getting over including all of that into your design is only going to not only benefit you from a psychological level and a health perspective but you're also reducing the amount of energy that you're expending on the artificial like things like air conditioners heaters yes, and all of that yes. sort of stuff as well so it it it's kind of a um what's the word it's, it's just grow, ever growing it has yes. a sort of and, a and it's on a, effect i think it's a good feeling as well that you are reducing your own carbon footprint exactly you know and doing your bit for sustainability yeah so you know so you know i mean i love rocks and I think it's nice to include rocks within your indoors you know we have a lot Mm -hmm. of stone fences you'd know all about that you're Mm -hmm. the interior designer but um, I I take it a little bit further as well and include them in the garden because I know then that I'm going to get lizards and other wildlife that come in and and small shrubs and trees that bring birds in because there's also um you know, when you think of all the senses, you can hear that. You can hear the rustling of trees. You can hear, you know, the possum on your roof. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, that may not be something you want to hear at all times, but, you know, it's it's all part of nature. Like one of my grandkids said to me not long ago, Nan, you've got everything. You've got possums, you've got lizards, and you've got worms. I, mean, I know. So there you go. I've got a worm. But it part. is, there's something nice about that, though, to hear those nature sounds because, you, like you were saying, it's that whole experience it's the tactile touch and and feel of having a a beautiful natural plant there but it's it's not just doesn't go it goes beyond that it's the sounds it's the feel of something underfoot the smells everything actually I set my alarm on my phone is the bird song one and it's quite incredible how accurate that is when you um when you're on holidays and you don't put, I don't put my alarm on and the birds start chirping or whatever. And I'm like, oh, half asleep reaching for the snooze button. I'm like, oh, hang on, no, that's actually, it's coming from outside. It's coming from nature. So I try to wake myself up gently rather than the, the traditional alarm. Yes. And it, it does work and it is very lovely and a nice way to, so I guess in some sense I'm, you know, that's my need to be in touch with nature and if I'm going to be woken up, I want to be woken up by nature. So, yeah, but that's definitely, um, but, you know, like including all these things, I guess it's not that hard to include in your space. So I guess, you know, what are some, you know, practical strategies would you suggest, Karen, that that people can implement that aren't overly expensive? Because I think, it sounds very complicated, but it's not. It's not and, really. And you don't have to spend a fortune. It's well, simple. you so think of, um, I remember hearing or watching a show with Indira Naidu, and she wrote a book on balcony garden, mm-hmm. balcony gardening. Now, she just had a fairly small balcony and she grew everything, all her edibles, her fruit trees and um, and herbs and things like that on a balcony. So 
even space isn't doesn't have to be a huge thing. But I would start with um, a few herbs. If you don't have a garden, but you might have a balcony, you can do some herbs in pots. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing nicer than, you know, when you brush past some herbs in the garden, especially mint. I love mm-hmm. the smell of it. And there's all different types of mints. So they can start with doing that and they can introduce, you know, some nice timber pieces into the into the house plants. And actually, I'm going to say that because yeah. I'm a horticulturist. Um, and also um, maybe plant things like uh, that have that smell when it's raining like I love the smell of melaleuca and lemon scented Mm -hmm. um, gum trees mind you not everyone's got space for a lemon scented gum tree Mm -hmm. but there's lots of smaller uh, plants that you can introduce dwarf forms so I would start with that Um, if if the ocean is your thing you know you might bring a few things that you've collected around the beach into into Mm -hmm. your home you see it a lot on holiday homes around the beach and stuff mm-hmm. but um and also nice textures in your furnishings that you know feel nice to touch so it's mm-hmm. very tactile so um but by including that greenness i think for me is is my probably my passion because i've seen evidence of it i've seen evidence with therapeutic horticulture where people with ptsd whole heap of mental health issues schools i know a school in victoria that uh, has green walls in their study areas so that their students when they go to do their hsc or exams it, it allows for better cognitive function and concentration so such a simple concept isn't it yet yet we don't I guess, you know, people just aren't aware of, like you said, it's that innate thing that we have to be connected with nature. We don't really understand why, um, but it, it, I'm surprised that it's taken so long to for people to realise that there are really exceptional benefits to this as well. Huge benefits. Yeah. Huge we benefits. Kind of, we kind of went through a stage where people wanted that greenery, didn't they? But being time poor or not having a green thumb, which is probably comes down to not being educated on how to look after your plants, um, that there was a trend towards artificial plants and there probably still is to a certain degree because of the low maintenance. I know even a few of our projects now, some of the commercial projects, it's like, oh, we're not going to put... Um, we're not going to put natural plants in because it's too much to to coordinate too much maintenance or we don't want to risk any leaks and all that sort of stuff. Um, so they go for artificial plants to get the look and the feel. Okay, you're benefiting from that because we obviously talked about how it makes you feel and having that visual impact. But, and I know you sort of, sort of, I know you feel quite strongly about this, Karen, <laughs> so I'm going to bring it up. No, no, I, I understand it. I understand why people do it. And yeah. uh, an, an interesting but comment. you can tell us. The, the, sorry, yeah. I was going to say you can go on with your comment, yeah. but I, I want you to say well, or I you wanna, to explain why that's not such why a good thing. I, I don't think it's yeah. a good idea is because f- um, first thing and the major thing is they're usually made from some type of plastic, so they produce volatile organic compounds. Real plants absorb volatile organic compounds. So that that's um, one issue. Flammability is another issue. Okay. Mm-hmm. And dust. 
because mm-hmm. when people, for example, in, in an office and a company comes in, they clean the plants, they, you know, fertilise them, give them a tidy up, that type of thing. Nobody ever does that with the fake plants and you go in, they're covered with it with dust. Yeah, then they that don't just, look so nice either. That just makes people sick. Mm-hmm. So yeah, an indoor plant hire firm would take the plants out, replace, put a nice one in, take that one back to their greenhouse, mm-hmm. give it a bit of a recharge, you know, and that's the thing with indoor plants. Maybe don't have too many that you can't manage. Have a few and really do your research on what the requirements of the plant are. Mm. Like a lot of people buy succulents and put them inside. They mm. don't really fare terribly well. There are a couple that do, like I've got some hanging ripsalis, which are beautiful like a big horse's tail, but mm. where they are is full light. You know, yeah, it's a okay. glass ceiling and and wall that lets full light in in the morning up until lunchtime so do your research on what you're putting in the other thing um with the real plants as we've talked about um in office spaces companies that have got real plants in find that there's less people taking sick days they have a better constant productivity has gone up. Now, these are all documented studies. It's not just me banging on about it because I like plants. So but that I've... makes sense in, in, sorry to interrupt there, but that yep. makes sense in light of you talking about the artificial plants. You're right. If it's a business or it's a company, they're taking the plants out, they're replacing them, like giving them a bit of a lift, and then you've got these lovely fresh new plants, then if it's artificial, people think I don't have to think in it. I don't have to think about I don't it. Have I don't have to do anything about it. About it. it builds up with the dust. Yeah. Because nobody is going to take that responsibility on to clean it because that's not my job. Yeah. <laughs> and all the people with the dust allergies are suffering. The dust allergies, of course. Yes. So they're taking time off. Yeah. So yes. mm. so um, you yes. know, and so if people are having indoor plants themselves, like I've probably got close to 200 indoor plants. I'm not suggesting for one minute that people do that. I'm, you know, what did my sister say? Um, I'm a hoarder, not a hoarder. <laughs> and um, well, that's a nice way to be, Karen. I think a hoarder yeah. as opposed to a hoarder is is a yeah. good term. So, um, but I rotate them. You know, some yeah. that 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 may not live indoors forever. I mean, there's some that will. But I do fertilise them. And when people say, gee, your plants look healthier, so it's because I love them. I give them love. So, you know, maybe people can start with just two or three, Mm -hmm. you know, but do your research on what their requirements are. If it says Mm -hmm. they like high light, make sure. And it usually says on the label, we'll take direct light but maybe a metre away from the window, Mm -hmm. you know, or prefers shade if we look at rainforest plants. So they can include that sort of thing into their garden and or into their home and I also remember this is backtracking a bit with the fake plants you may not remember this but when we were having a board meeting once with interior plantscape Johan mentioned (coughs) that he was the only company at the clubs clubs I don't know Australia or clubs New South Wales had a expo he was the only one there selling real interior plantscaping um, everyone else, all everyone else there, all the exhibitors were selling fake plants. Yeah. Of course, clubs are going to buy them. Absolutely. Or hotels <laughs> or or whatever. But let me tell you, I've been to Singapore a few times in the last couple of years. We did the study tour last year. Mm-hmm. They do biophilic design like nobody else on the planet. Mm. They're so good. It's just 
I've seen some of your photos from your trips and it is incredible what they do. And like you said, it's giving it that little bit of tender love and care or time to look after it. But it's it's time well invested, isn't it? Considering the benefits that you get from it and the opposite happens with the artificial because no one's looking after them and they're not only giving off the toxins, they're creating dust and problems for people with allergies. And there's a lot of people out there with allergies. We seem to have more than what we used to when I was growing up. I don't know if that's just an awareness thing or if we've just become a society of, you know, artificial everything. Um, but, yeah, it's it, that extra time in care in your interior environment really has an impact on your health and it's worth that extra effort, isn't it? It is. I think it's it's worth the investment. And look, there is a um, there is a bit of a, a nurturing thing again with caring for plants, and mm. um, and I've seen some people that have suffered very badly from mental health and never get never get visitors, and yet people in the therapeutic landscape association have gone to their homes and put a few things in the front garden and all of a sudden people are going past and if they're sitting out the front, we'll talk to them. So there's this connection oh, so, again. Yeah, it's the connection yeah. with with nature, but it's the connection mm. with other humans as well. Yes, and, yes. Uh, so, you know, it goes beyond just the plants. It's it's just about connecting with everything in the natural world really. So mm. and it, water. It's, it's a, yeah. And water as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to tell you about, sorry, I know we're going a bit over time here. <laughs> That's okay. No, it's interesting. But I was just um, up in the Barrier Reef recently and um, I went and caught up with a friend of mine who is also a horticulturist and landscape designer. And he said, oh, you have to come around for a drink one night. So we went around. Oh, my God. I didn't want to leave. The house was totally biophilic. Yeah. And 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 all tropical plants, which I love, those big leafy things. Yeah. But he had a reptile enclosure that wasn't just a oh. box. It was beautiful the way he did wow. it. Wow. Um another little frog enclosure, but his swimming pool had glass sides. There was um fish, a small stingray in there, little stingray. Oh, wow. and, the, and, and these and he swims in it. I was gonna that was my question. Yeah, yeah. He Next swims question. in it. Does he swim in it? <laughs> but they are all uh, little critters wow. that he has rescued where people have had backyard properties and they've just walked away and left them and left them to die and he's rescued oh, them. Wow. And um, so you'll go past and you look, like, oh, my God, there's a stingray like a in little, there, you know, like just a little one, and um, <laughs> turtles and and fish. Oh, how you know. nice. Yeah. Oh, that so, would be lovely. Yeah, you wouldn't so, want to leave. <laughs> I know I didn't want to leave, and uh, yeah. So he his biophilic design is on a whole. It's a whole other level, level, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, obviously, we don't have to go that far, and it'd be nice to have a friend that has something like that, so you can just sort of get your little dose of nature. Um, I, I was reading a book recently, or um, last year, I think it was, and it was talking about the whole walks in nature, like they're actually using that as therapy. And, and oh, it makes definitely. perfect sense. Like, why wouldn't you? And, I mean, yeah. I'm about to head off on a, a 12-week road trip with my husband um, through Australia. So I'll definitely be getting my dose of, of biolific, natural biolific 
design. <laughs> uh, sorry, biophilic. 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 I, I knew I always get that um, mixed up. That's okay. But yeah, so it'll be. Yeah, make it'll sure be nice you go. To, to to sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say, nice make sure you go to Botanic Gardens wherever you go. Yes. Um, Cranbourne yes. or Melbourne Botanic Gardens do Botany Boot Camp. Oh. So you can go Ooh. along and, and uh, so there's a, a the horticulturist there and there's a lady from the Sustainable Landscape Company yeah. and everyone's given a hand lens and they have to walk really quickly because they get them to look at plants because there's a thing called plant blindness that people just walk past them but never look at the intricacies ah. of the plants and oh. um, so they don't ever look at the botany side of it. There's sometimes yeah. a flower, you know, purple flower. They don't really look at it. And um, it's proved to be so successful. They get booked out every time they oh, book a new season. Oh, I Yeah, I didn't know they did things like that because I really enjoy your posts, Karen, because you'll you'll find these amazing plants that have that that actually look like living creatures, to be quite honest, <laughs> like an animal. And you're like, is it a plant or is that an animal? Yeah. And they have the colours are so beautiful in them. I'm going to now make sure that I'm very mindful when I look at plants. And I have a bit of a soft spot for horticulture. Not that I'm very good at it, but my grandfather um, actually worked in the botanical gardens um, and he was born in 1888 and wow. was and was and would ride his bike to the gardens. And I remember his backyard and the big long backyards back in those days and had the most beautiful roses and the world's biggest um, glass house. And I just remember as a kid wandering through with all these little pots and bits and pieces and was fascinated by it. I didn't obviously understand the full impact of it. But so I'm I'm kind of, and he passed a lot of his knowledge on to my father who always had these amazing gardens that my three brothers had to work hard at, you know, with the rockery and and he was quite adamant about using a lot of natives and things like that. So we had this beautiful garden um, and I've always grown up with plants and things. So maybe that's why my daughters are so into it. Maybe they've got, you know, a bit of par in them, you know, yeah, giving yeah. them that interest. But it is something that is so easy to have access to um, without a lot of effort. And like you yeah. said, if you just do your research and you, um, you and you want to get into something like that, just to put a couple of plants that something that's manageable, and like you said, read about it, you know, find out how to look after it, what it needs, and it's like humans, we all need a certain amount of water, a certain amount of light. Yeah. Different different people have different needs and likes and wants. Well, I guess each plant has its own individual um, little set of needs and requirements, and if you follow that I guess you really you know can't go wrong but I do believe you have put together a list of good I have put together a list of for indoors for indoors um mm-hmm. yeah so these are some that I have in my own home that are almost when I say they are almost idiot proof but yeah um <laughs> you know it's like asking for a low maintenance kitchen. Someone's got to clean it up sooner <laughs> or later. You have to do something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and look, you know, when you, when you see the results of a little bit of effort, it's not terribly hard. So people can um, look on that. I, you know, I've sent that off to you so that they can 
So we'll have hand that out in the show notes. They'll be available mm-hmm. for people if they want. Um, but it's that little bit of effort. It comes down to what you were saying early, earlier with that nurturing, that giving you that sense of nurturing. Don't look at it as a chore. Change your attitude to it. Like look at it as like, oh, oh, I've got to water the plants. No, go we have my babies and just, you know, yeah. them and do what we love and enjoy it. And and like you said, be mindful of the plant. Look at it properly. Take it in. We're all so busy and, and you know, running from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, that we really literally do need to stop and smell the roses and take that it all in sure. and experience, experience that whole thing. I know I'm going to go home and look at my plants in a completely different light now that I've spoken to you, Karen. <laughs> All right, we'll give them a little bit of fertiliser at the same time. I will. And so, look, here, yeah. here is another tip mm-hmm. because I have so many indoor plants. I have a backpack sprayer and yes. I just put a little light half-strength fertiliser in it, uh, either a liquid or Thrive or something like that, mm-hmm. and I walk around. It's 15 litres, so it's pretty heavy, but Ooh, you can yeah. get You're smaller. you getting your workout at the same time. And so I just walk along and I pump, pump, pump and spray the water with that little bit of fertiliser. You could put seaweed extract or whatever you want mm-hmm. into it, um, and I find that works really well and it saves, you know, because I've got so many, it saves, you know, carting watering cans in and out or taking them if it rains I often take them all outside and put them in the rain because of the extra nitrogen that they get okay so so for those that don't know Karen like her home is just full of the most beautiful plants and I can understand why you would need 15 litres of that (laughs) fertiliser in the water I probably could get away a watering jug although I must say there's a lot more plants in my home now since my girls have all grown up and and actually Maddie walked in with a plant that would have been probably about oh maybe 1.8 meters tall and what the hell are you doing with it she doesn't live at home anymore she goes it's too big for my unit I thought you might want it's a beautiful rubber plant oh lovely I went okay well we'll find somewhere to put it we can put it outdoors so you yeah. can also get, um, I also have a five-litre pump sprayer, but it's battery-operated, a Ryobi battery-operated. Oh, that's fancy. So you don't even have to pump, pump, pump. Oh. I mean, I do the pump, pump, pump. I think yeah, it's good yeah. exercise for me. But well, so you're, you're killing two birds with the one start and a bit of, yeah. your, bit of your weight training and yeah. strengthening the wrist with the pump action. Yep, yep. What, so what would you want? You, you can make it as easy as you like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and that's 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 a good point. When you're when you, I think people are a bit frightened of going down that path because they see it as a big effort, or they don't have time to research, or they're, you know, um, think oh I kill everything, whatever. Mm. Start off with something simple, like you said. Yep. Just pick one or two plants, focus on that, give them all your love and attention. You're going to get the benefits of the nurturing. You're going to get the the tactile benefits, you're going to see them grow, it's going to make you feel good, you're going to breathe in that fresher air and then you'll be hooked, I'm sure, once you start feeling the benefits of it. And then, like you said, if if having a lot of plants is difficult, put some textures and some, you know, bring some lighting, natural lighting to the space and really um, get in touch with that whole biodynamic yeah yeah yeah. and and, you know like different things float different people's boats some people like 
some things more than others but mm. you know bring in what you like you know That's what, it. Yeah. what you love yeah. some people yeah. like fresh flowers mm. you know so yeah. bring fresh flowers yeah. in you know yeah I do love fresh flowers although I'm hardly ever at home I'm in the office most of the time so. have them delivered to work <laughs> yeah I'll bring them in to work exactly mm. well it's been an absolute pleasure oh, thanks for having me it's always lovely talking to you Yes, and I haven't seen you for so long. We'll have to have a nice catch-up maybe when I get back from my trip. Yeah, have a lovely um, time. Yeah, so those of you out there, um, they can find you. Are you on Instagram, Karen? Well, you have to be because you're posting things. So in the show notes, check out Karen's Instagram, follow her. She's got some amazing things. She's also a keen um, scuba diver as well and has gone on many a trip um Mm. with her scuba diving group and has come back with some incredible footage of the underwater world of biophilic design yeah i can't (laughs) bring too many of those i can't bring too many of those into the house maybe a shark in the pool might be a bit bit too much but anyway well the stingray in your friend's pool (laughs) that's pretty extreme but hey you know nice if you've got that glass side of you why not make the world's biggest um aquarium (laughs) exactly but it has been such a joy to talk to you karen and i'm sure you know there'll be other things we can get you back to chat about um in the future so everyone you just start thinking about your um your home and start bringing a little bit more nature back into your lives it'll do you the world of good And, again, thank you, Karen, and we look forward to chatting another time with you. Okay. Fabulous. All right. Take it. And, oh, yes, we forgot to cheers. Have you got your drink (laughs) ready? (laughs) Cheers. Oh, cheers. (laughs) Happy Friday. Oh, yes, I do like a nice G&T. I'm going to say I'm cheating today. That's actually water. That is not gin. (laughs) I'm not that bad. (laughs) All right. Well, you take care and we'll see you soon. We'll talk soon. When are you going away? Um, Tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow for three months. Yeah. Wow. Good on you. I will be working. I will be working along the way. I've got all the proper internet and everything. So all around the country? Um, yeah, uh, look, you know what? I've left it to my husband to sort out because I just I just know that we're starting at the Warren Bungles and we're ending at the Flinders Ranges. Um, oh, yeah, and, and he has told me, but I've just not, I thought I'm just leaving that up to you because yeah, I haven't got time to think good. about that at the moment. But, yeah. yeah, it'll be, yeah, it'll be wonderful, I'm sure, yeah. All right. Okay, we'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us on the Two Gins in Design podcast. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and insights on the world of design and construction. We look forward to our next episode with more design inspiration, tips from the experts and a behind-the-scenes look at our latest projects. If you want more design information or simply want to check out our portfolio of projects, visit our website at mcraeandlynch.com.au and our Instagram, mcraeandlynchdesigns. And feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels if you have any comments, questions, or even topics you'd like us to discuss. And please don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Thanks again for listening. And if you've enjoyed this episode, we'd love you to share it with your friends and family. We look forward to catching up with you on our next episode. Have a great weekend. Cheers. Cheers.